millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Stefania, mamo, mamo, Stefania, rozkwitaje pole, a wona sywije. Zaspiwaj meni, mamo, kolesko, uchoczuście poczuty twoje This is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the recently returned back to Blighty Brit, that is Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by... Susie Riddell, for the second week running. <laughs> Who tr- does not drop some awesome shapes <laughs> when she hears that. She's obviously a woman of a certain vintage, I think I can say that, because you do a kind of a late 80s, early 90s kind of rave thing with your hands well i would say it's more mid 90s really that's my that's my raving period yeah yeah gotcha gotcha big box little box cardboard (laughs) box is what you were doing yeah get out of the way because i might hit you in the face by accident there you go and then you went into the robot yeah circa peter crouch but yeah the robot is but the the robot you were doing is very peter crouch the footballer yeah but like yeah you've given it guns giving it guns like that (laughs) like that a lot now on this episode we hear from panto martin glynn lover of jazz's music and our claire from clapham and of course we have a social media roundup we have tweets of the week but first we have our sue queen of tart and a week in ambridge hello my lovelies Sue here queen of tart on the twitters with this week in ambridge well i said fallon was going to regret her switch to the children for judging as she's going to end up with all of them 
Is anyone else picturing the Midwich Cuckoos and their vacant stairs standing around chanting pudding? All those people who've just lost their jobs will be delighted to make much bigger puddings and have the resulting sugar monsters running around screaming and trashing the village. This is all going to end really badly, I think. Chelsea turned round her feedback session with Freddie, giving him advice. Oh, this is going to end badly as well. Will and Stella gave Mia shoulders to cry on. And we know Stella has adopted a dog called Weaver, and it sounds like it was the Greyhound. So, way the scriptwriters have tied up a loose end. I think so, anyway. On Monday, though, we had another session with Mia and with Will, and Will was actually rather lovely and reassuring. But he's going to take her to Lower Loxley for an afternoon tea. Oh, it's going to end badly again. The rest of Monday was an awful row between Brian and Chris, with Alice, of all people, mediating. Oh, no, nothing's going to end well this week, is it? Tuesday was particularly exhausting, listening to more of Chris and Alice. Whilst not extolling the virtues of physical violence, do you know, I really want to bang their heads together. And today's mediator, of all people, is Jacob. I almost, almost feel sorry for Kate. Nah, still can't get that far. Chris just wants what he's entitled to, apparently. And then we had another row between Lily and Freddie. She's suffering from primogenitor and he's delusional. Not least that he'll find a million quid down the back of the sofa in two years' time. Mm -mm -mm. Wednesday had chickens, vegan chickens, clearly coming home to roost at Lower Loxley, where Chelsea has been promoted somehow from table cleaner to order taker without any understanding of the menu or what means vegan or how to be civilised in the customer services role. It's a good job she's not selling kitchens, isn't it? Doesn't sound like they have a training programme at Lower Loxley. This is all going to end badly, mark my words. And Roy's fate has been sealed by him accepting a lower paid role, being the punch bag, frankly, between the Ambridge residents and Adil Inco. Do you know what I would really love to hear is a breakfast scene between Adil and Lindy Bottom at Ambridge Hall. I bet those breakfasts are great. Ray is going to be the proud face of Grey Gables. On less money, no car. Oh, Lordy, this is going to be a disaster, you know. And on Thursday, yep, as I said, it's all coming out as predicted. Roy is reinterpreting his role of Judas from the mystery plays and is getting grief from multiple sources. At least someone's getting a benefit this week. Will is looking at adult learning options as he is ignorant. I don't think you'll find you'll get any argument here, mate. And Brian, God love Brian, we like a bad boy, but he was an absolute cad. Not everyone defrauds the tax man or breaks the law like you did, Brian. You utter cad. Well, let's see how it all goes next week. Some of it, I'm predicting, will definitely go badly. Until then, my lovelies, stay safe and stay well. Bye-bye. Thank you, Arsu, Queen of Tart. Now, last week, I've okay. got Chelsea versus Mia, Chris yep. versus the Ambridges, um, Will and Mia. Aww. Yeah. I've got Teenage Anxiety, Freddie versus Lily yet again. The growth of Freddie, and I've got how's he German? Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I can say, excuse me, can you tell me the way to the station, please? Go on. Entschuldigung, wie komme ich am besten zum Bahnhof, bitte? That's all I can remember from my one year of German at school. There you go. I, I did three. I okay. did three, and I can count to Einhundert. 
then it is like... Wunderbar. <laughs> it's not wunderbar. That's three years worth of a comprehensive education. Poor I am. Poor. Oh, dear, dear. But, you know, I'm loving uh, Mia and Will. I do remember in the, the last couple of years, but since the death of Mia's mum, um, mm. Will, you know, he had his little meltdown, yes. Right. But but actually, well, okay, big meltdown. <laughs> Nearly shot his own head off. Well, right? yes, quite large. But, yep. but if we just put shotguns aside, right, yeah. he is actually actually learning, isn't he? He's learning uh, to, to give a little bit of space and to listen. Mm. And, and also, now we're seeing growth. We see, like he wants to go to adult learning. Yeah. Will Grundy. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That change. And I think, well, I think he's kind of, He's sort of middle-aged now, isn't he? He's um, reassessing. Yeah, I think it's very sweet because he, he's very bad. He's been very bad at listening. And many of the caller inners have got something to say, let's say about Mia, Mia versus Chelsea and all of that. But um, first, um, I think we need to dial in. First up, top of the shop, is Panto Martin, and I think he's been chewing down on a bit of ham. Hello, it's Panto Martin from Sheffield again. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. It was so lovely to be on the show last week with such hallowed people. But this week has been a real week of whining and whinging. First of all, a deal with Roy Nokio. Work that room, Roy. Now, more, turn, ah, ah. But I want to be a real boy, Mr. Adil. Then we have Freddie Pargeter getting all assertive in his whiny way. You're always picking on me, Lily. And that is probably because you respond to it every time, Freddie Weddy. Now go and stand in the corner to think about what you have done. The other regular is whiny Alice. Normally, she winds me up when she speaks in a whining, manipulative way. But when in the room with the forensic accountants, Brian and Chris, it appeared that she was a voice of reason. This terrifies me. Are we now going to have Chris Carter portrayed as the new villain of the piece? Boo! After all, he was very cold with Amy and seems to have gone on the warpath. And finally, we have Fallon taking advice from Pip Archer. Let's have all the children make massive desserts because inflation and the rising cost of ingredients hasn't hit Ambridge yet. All of this seems to be too much even for Jacob, who even seems to have developed some emotions, telling us it's sad for Kate. Oh, but it's even sadder than that. Oh, well, maybe not quite that sad. Well, hopefully that's all behind you. Take care, Dumpty Dammers. Bye. Well done, Panta Martin. Uh, you know, he's got a fan in you, isn't he? You were I, I, I was laughing giggling away, away. Giggling away. <laughs> What's the first point that you want to address with... Uh, Panto Martin's two minutes worth of caller in her in. Oh, all of it. <laughs> um, what to suck at? Well, Jacob, Jacob defending Kate. First of all, I liked, I was glad to hear Jacob again because it's been a while actually, hasn't it? Mm. Um, so it was nice to hear him. And I, I felt kind of sorry for him actually this week. And Jacob showed a certain level of empathy uh, at mm. the end, didn't he? He says, I understand, yeah. right? But, you know, don't put me in the middle here. You know, there's a whole thing with Brian. He felt incredibly un uncomfortable. He says, look, do you, don't do this, uh, etc." And, you know, for somebody who's very obviously spectrum -y, we're seeing that actually here is somebody who 
can think of the situation from another point of view, but then also can uh, can be diplomatically assertive. Yeah, yeah. And I think mean, he must have been, Kate is obviously, what it sort of solidified for me or, or made me realise is that Kate is, it has, it has been stressful for her, like genuinely. Because mm. Kate gets quite stressed quite quickly and easily, doesn't she? Yeah. But I think this is genuinely stressful um, combined with, um, you know, her, her daughter not being there and everything. Um, well, many, many children not being there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was... Which, which daughter were nice you talking him. about? Well, a Phoebe. Not, not a Tando. <laughs> well, we know she's not there. I've been there for years. Uh, so what What other things? What was he, What else did he say? Remind me. <laughs> the puddings, the puddings. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Fallon. Fallon, Fallon, Fallon. <laughs> what have you done? And when I was listening in the kitchen, as I was washing up, listening to the story, listening to Pip talking to um, Fallon. And coming up with this idea of all the kids being judges. And I was just shaking my head. No, no, no. And I thought, oh, any minute now, Fallon's going to realise it's not going to work. And she did start to say, no, this isn't going to, it's not going to work. And I thought, oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, we'll have to get everybody to make bigger puddings. I was like, no. Exactly. Then, then they found a solution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, I have no idea what Fallon is is thinking she's, she's bitten off more than she can chew somehow. I don't know why. What's she, what, what's going on there? Why is she doing it? Uh, you know what? I, I, I can't figure it out either. Panto Martin went over so many points that I think what we should do is uh, go to our Glyn. Otherwise, we'll have busted our flush yes. uh, answering <laughs> so many of his points and yeah. we'll have nothing to say to Glyn. And Glyn yes. Fuller Love is an OG, an original gangster of a of a dumby dum caller in a row, so we need to give him dual preference and hit his button now. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Welcome back, Royfield, and hello to Susie. Listening to the Archers this week has convinced me that Alice and Chris's divorce is an allegory for Brexit. Let me explain. Alice is the fifty-two percent. She thought her interests were best served by a split. She didn't expect significant other consequences. Now, she may be wondering whether it was a good idea, but she's more likely just hoping that all the nastiness will go away. Chris, he's the 48%. He didn't want the split. He foresaw difficulties. And now he blames every ill on the split, even if it isn't justified. In his heart of hearts, he suspects but if, if he had listened to the other party more carefully in the past, the split might not have happened. Brian, Boris Johnson, an unreliable negotiator with a past littered by misdemeanours, prone to making allegations with little merit. Adam is Keir Starmer, should have something to say on the matter, but is strangely quiet. He is let down by a lack of charisma and perhaps he is troubled by his own past demeanours, even if they are nowhere near the Brian scale. Martha, Northern Ireland, always likely to be most seriously affected by the split, but neither side really seems to have her interests at heart. Jenny, Liz Truss, supposedly allied with Brian, but is she really following her own agenda? And finally, Kate, Michael Gove, Ideas make sense to her, but the rest of us just think she's bonkaroonie. Well, that's all from me this week. Thanks for the podcast. Keep up the good work. Keep safe, everybody. Bye. 
Wowza. Crikey. <laughs> It's a bit highbrow yeah. for me, to be honest. Well, um, when he was, when he started digging up Lynn Truss, I was like, <laughs> I was like, but you know what? Very clever mm. analogy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I I liked it. <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. I'm struggling to really sympathise with either side at the moment. How so? Well, hello, Glyn. First of all, he said hello to me, so I'm saying hello, Glyn. And um, but well, he said Martha as. Martha representing Northern Ireland um, and neither side seems to have her interests at heart. And when I listen to them, I think, well, they don't, they don't seem to mention Martha very much mm. in their negotiations. And I, I was wondering, I was thinking about, because normally in these scenarios, it's the woman, it's kind of wealthy, you know, wealthy man. And it's the woman, money grabbing woman who's, try, you know, with the mm. divorce and everything in you know, in, in kind of dramatic scenarios. And I quite like that it's the other way around. But I'm not, I, I, I'd like to know what Chris's motivation is. I do, I, I'm not quite clear what he, you know, really wants to get out of this, other than seemingly quite a lot of money. <laughs> so, oh, why? He, he, he did say to Jacob that he's uh, protect, I think he said this to Jacob, I don't think I'm misremembering, but he's like protecting uh, Martha's uh, future. But, but mm. what there's been a most definite gear change is Chris Carter standing up for himself and mm. actually being much more dare I say, intellectually adroit. Mm. He was always Chris, um, nice and handsome, Chris on the cross, you know, with a with wonderful torso, but a little bit dim, right? And and uh, we, we can't deny that. And most definitely he was, you know, his kind of emotional antenna wasn't really extended to his wife. He didn't realise for so long, you know, kind mm. of what was going on there. Yeah. And it's, it appears to me that he's got out of bed take your pick either the wrong or the right side now. This seems to be a different Chris Carter who says, I am standing up for myself. I ain't taking this. And it is him invariably versus the Aldridge's. And what I did really appreciate was Alice saying to Ian, I think it was, she didn't realise all the ramifications. This is hitting the rest of the family. Yes, I found that quite moving, really. Yeah, you realise, oh my goodness, the shock waves of this. Mm. It's kind of devastating. It's it's all for Martha, but they're her parents. Oh, I just I find it very complicated. Divorce. I mean, divorce. It's just. Oh, <laughs> I've just finished watching the split on uh, BBC One. I don't know if anybody listening to this watches the split, but it's about divorce lawyers, and mm. there's a hell of a lot of divorce in there. And it's just it's just often quite traumatic, and when there's a little one involved. But yeah, her whole family. And I was like, oh my goodness, Kate's business as well. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do feel for the the other members of the, the family. Because Brian has been worried about this from the very beginning, hasn't he? From yes. the from the moment divorce was mentioned. He you can knew see why he's so stressed. Yeah. <laughs> I did go through this once, the 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 big D. Hours. I think I can say hours, because we you know, we're still friends today. It was super duper amicable. Mm. But it was, I think it was amicable in large part because actually we didn't have a child between us. Yeah, I think it makes a big difference because your because emotions become your yeah, you're you're protecting you're both protecting mm. that your your child and 
yeah, it becomes very, very emotional. Not that I've ever done it, but my parents have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't recommend it, even though uh, mine was super amicable and done all online. There was no lawyers, no no anything. Yeah, it was super amicable. But I I think there was a real truth in what Glyn said um, in that Chris is the 48% didn't want the split to happen and he's angry that it's happened because as far as he's concerned he tried to support alice he and he's always tried to support alice he'd married into the aldridges you know he's not quite the social climber that his mother is but still he he, he came with a certain amount of status being married to alice and he would say and i think we can all kind of admit, he, in his way, he bent over backwards, even when he discovered what was going on and he tried to hide it, but then also to support her, hide from the rest of the family, I mean, yeah, but then yeah, to support yeah. her. So he's angry. Not only did was he li- left literally holding the baby, but he's angry that this marriage is over and he didn't call time on it. That mm. many people would say he should have called time, you know, in terms of what what he was put through. Yeah, and he was quite willing to to keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's just desperately sad, really, and and the fact that Alice is just realizing mm. the 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 effect that all this is is having, and and how yeah, because the fact that Ian, it's <laughs> Ian's involved. What? Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's well. There's obviously a long way to go. There's <laughs> obviously a long way to go with this. You know, uh, which I... is great because it is brilliant. <laughs> no, it is. It, it's totally well written. You can see it from both sides as well, mm. and that's when it's deliciously well written. When you go, she's got a point. He's got a point, and you can very clearly see that she was uncomfortable with the way that Brian was kicking off. She was yeah. totally uncomfortable and yeah. try, trying to calm it down. But it is her father, and is the family interest. And then then you go, but Chris actually is entitled to this stuff. And actually, Brian was trying to hide assets. He was full stop. Yeah. It's nice when your your allegiance kind of shifts in the space of an episode. It's great. Totally, totally, totally well um, written. Don't get a divorce. It's it's not good because your <laughs> Mr. Riddell is quite awesome. I really, we had such a lovely night <laughs> having that drink in, in good old uh, California. So so there you go. Glyn Fuller, love. Love that uh, analogy, sir. And moving on from talk of Michael Gove and Lynn Truss, it's um, our lover of Jazza. Hello, Dumpty Dum Land. This is Love Jazza singing, calling in with a couple of plot predictions. Ardil, with his peculiar voice, (laughs) gave us the brilliant line uh, regarding if he was on the um, Grey Gables website. He said, oh, no, the public might assume that I'm some kind of egotist, some kind of megalomaniac. And I thought, oh, gosh, yes, that's where it's going. He's going to turn into some um, pantomime, narcissistic sort of Bond villain. I can't wait for that. Um, In other news, Brian, um, Alice's concerns about the effect of the um, negotiations on his health, surely that's um, planting a seed for a future catastrophic medical crisis for Brian. He's overdue one, isn't he? Alice's groveling is 
yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, she's pretty annoying at the moment. Am I allowed to say that singer? She's got a horrible medical diagnosis. You know, maybe, maybe not. And um, just to finish off, Chelsea. Oh my gosh, Chelsea's like the gift that keeps on giving. And having Tracy on the show last week. Oh my gosh, love it, love it. Bye, Dumpty Dummers. Just before uh, we move on to the meat and potatoes uh, of that wonderful call, uh, and Ty very much for the call, Miss Riddell. Mm-hmm. Mia versus Chelsea. Are we going to see this echo through the ages in Ambridge? I've got a sneaky feeling we're going to be set up for 30 years of this with them being frenemies. What do you reckon? Yeah, you could be right there. You could be right. (laughs) They definitely don't like each other, do they? I'm getting that idea. It's really believable as a teenage kind of dislike. And they just are not on the same wavelength but yet are from very similar backgrounds mm. and are linked as well. They, you know, they've got family members who link them. It's great. It's very, uh, very juicy. <laughs> I love listening to them. So I take it this is not their first run-in. No. They, were, they had another run-in before. They, they were set up to try and work together when uh, Linda was doing the mysteries. It just was not happening. <laughs> Mm. And I think that, you know, Tracy was encouraging Chelsea to to be friends. And I can't remember who was encouraging Mia, maybe Will or somebody. Um, And they just weren't getting on at all. And then then Chelsea went out to the cinema with Jake, um, Mia's brother. And Jake thought it was a date, but Chelsea didn't. And so um, I think Mia's still a bit bit cross Mm. about that. So, have we actually heard Jake speak? Yes. Gosh, I've I've really once. been away from things. <laughs> just the once? Well, I think so. I mean, I do listen very regularly, so I think it was just the once. But I'm sure we'll hear him again. Um, but it was, yeah, it was. they went to see, I think they went to see Jaws, if I'm recording correctly. I'm sure somebody will tell me if I'm not. What, were they transported um, to 1977 <laughs> or something? <laughs> Am I getting the wrong BBC soap? They're jumping a TARDIS. We, we are in 1977, Roy <laughs> Oh, all right. You remember? No, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I can't remember. Was that, Maybe it was Halloween. I'm. I, I, it, time doesn't mean anything to me anymore. So maybe it is 1977. I'm not even born uh, You know yet. what? I, I'm thinking, <laughs> actually, we might have heard Jake before a couple of years ago. I, yeah, I think we have. I cannot say. <laughs> I can't remember, but then I can barely remember my own name, so I'm not going to feel bad. So where'd they go? Oh, well, you can't remember if they went to Felpersham or Borsetshire, can you? Where did they actually go? go? What cinema? Yeah, I can't remember stuff like that. Well, it was a, it was a it was a taxi ride away because mm. I remember Chelsea getting in a cab at the end, and then she went out, she went off for a drink with some friends, and Jake was sort of left. I, oh, I t- right. tell you who will, will know Cosmo, Cosmo. Cosmo, where which cinema did they go to? I think if this is going to echo through the Ambridge <coughs> ages, this frenemy nonsense, I'm all up for it. Oh, yeah. All up for it. What What else? Because uh, you're scribbling notes. You're being rather professional. Don't think well, I can't see you on this cat. So. She mentioned Brian, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helped. Always, always a treat oh. to, hear, to yeah. hear Brian. Yep. Even when he's, you know, incandescent. Yeah, he was quite stressed. He, he was, wasn't he? When you think potentially, not the livelihood of the business is hanging on a thread, but at least 
it's asset bases. And we know that Alice, when he kind of entrusted her to, to manage uh, things, she didn't do the best of jobs, did she? She was uh, mm. caught drinking on the job, so to speak. So you understand completely the reason why he wanted to be there. Mm. You know, oh, you, I'll call it Alice, oh, I'll, I'll present the books, blah, 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 mm. and whatever. But he's Brian Aldridge. Of course, he's not going to divulge all of the assets. And to be fair to Brian, most of us wouldn't. And that's the reason why you need a forensic accountant who mm. can um, not just see what is written on that paper, but also to see what's in between the lines. But then there's Chris saying, well, you know, I was a member of this family. I was, I've been privy to a whole load of conversations. Oh, what about the old outhouse? Which yes. probably just, and I thought, oh yeah, well know, done, that Chris. Was, that was like, oh, crikey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about that compost bin? It's going to be raking in a few pounds, isn't it? Come on, Brian. Yeah. And those, and lots, they... those lottery tickets you've been squirreling away, scratch cards, <laughs> get them out. <laughs> talking about the lottery, talking about the lottery, that couple, did you did you receive an email from them? I did. What? Yeah. No. Phishing what, scam. Me money? Yeah. Saying they would like to give me money. Can I just email them back? The, oh, the no. Euro, the, oh, the, my Euro gosh. Yeah, I'm sure all of our listeners are sophisticated internet folk and will have Don't not reply. clicked on the link. <laughs> <laughs> You're but not I, getting any millions there, guys. But, you know, yeah. I did think that's clever and quick. It wasn't even 24 hours after they'd revealed themselves. You know, it had their name on the email and everything saying, oh, we'd like to give you, I forget how much they were going to give 50p. me. 50p, yeah. Significantly more than that, I'll tell you. Well, it's 1977, so I don't know how much 50p was. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when 50p was a lot of money? Oh, yeah. Gosh. You could get four Mars bar. I can remember when a Mars bar was 10p, 12p. Really? Yeah. I remember when polos were 10p. But now I go into like WH Smith or something at a station, and Mars mm. bar is like £2.60. It, always but it was... has put me off buying dreadful snacks when I'm going on a mm. trip. Because I can't, I can't be doing with that. Susie, by the looks of you, right, I don't think you were ever eating dreadful snacks. Size <laughs> me, it's been a lifetime obsession, oh, a lifetime I, weakness. I eat a lot of dreadful snacks. Really? I used to get back from school and put, put a Mars bar in the microwave with a couple of marshmallows on top. <gasps> that would be like my home from school snack. That's quality. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it was delicious. And then a can of Coke. There it's is a wonder n- I've got any of my own teeth. <laughs> But there's nothing nicer than a half getting ready to melt Mars bar. I, when it's just I, been yeah. in the sun for a little bit. Oh. Yeah. Melted chocolate. I used to melt chocolate on the radiator at home as well. You're sitting watching telly, melting a Kit Kat against the radiator. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, germs-wise, not great. Because then I kind of... You know, Wait a minute. Wipe See, it was in the wrapper. The radi- not oh in the wrapper. God. Then there's chocolate on the radiator. So I'm, I'm, you know... <laughs> I'm not licking it off with my tongue. I'm kind of <laughs> using my finger. But yeah. But, but, but why yes, take I, it out the wrapper? Why don't you just leave it to melt on the radiator in the wrapper? Well, then the wrapper would be really mucky. No, I'd never but get it better off the, the wrapper. wrapper being mucky than the well, radiator. I'm supposed to get it off the radiator, but not the wrapper. This is bizarre. <laughs> I, look, I was about 12. I wasn't probably thinking, you know. You weren't thinking, were you? No. No, that, all that, I was thinking about was correct. my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know the reason why Smarties were invented But whilst we're talking about confectionery? Well, is it because of the melting? Because they don't melt? Yeah. 
But specifically, the reason why they were invented is because in the summer, uh, sales of chocolates always took a hit. Oh. Because up until uh, and, and after the Second World War, there's no refrigeration in shops. Yes. So shops just didn't sell chocolates because they, they would just melt. Just be a mess. Yeah. yeah. So um, the whole uh, confectionery industry was like, we need, to, we need to sort this. We need to sort this. Oh. And, that, and hence Smarties. And then Smarties, Smarties were going to launch in America. Oh, Hitler got there in, first. Hitler. <gasps> Hitler got there first. I kid you not, right? Not making this up. He decides to invade Poland. So all of a sudden... Um, Roundtrees do Smarties, don't they? It is Roundtrees. Who does uh, Smarties? It's, it's Nestle, not isn't it? Whoever. I just know it's not Cadbury. Ooh, so it. they, you Google whilst I keep talking. Yeah, okay. So they decide, right, um, we can't um, take Smarties to the US. So Mr. Mars, who's an American who was in Britain, runs over on the fastest steamboat that he can over to the States, invents M&Ms. Blatant <sighs> ripoff. Yeah. And that's the reason why. Hitler is the reason why you have M&Ms. Well, I do like M&Ms. So really? is that the only thing I can thank Hitler for, really, isn't it? I don't really want to thank Hitler for anything, actually. <laughs> <laughs> can you cut that bit out? <laughs> that was quite funny, actually. That's a legitimate thing to say. Now, who, who, who makes... Uh... Nestle. It's Nestle. It was Nestle. Apologies right. to everybody. <laughs> well, we, we got in our obligatory segue to chocolate. Yes. Not that well, we, it's obligatory that we talk about chocolate, just an obligatory no. <laughs> segue, because it is a podcast, isn't it? It's a podcast. Well, yes, but I do want to go and eat a Mars bar now, and I know we haven't got any. Oh, that's one one further point on a Mars bar. They're much mm-hmm. smaller, much, oh, gosh, much smaller yeah. than they used to be. They're about fun size now. Mm. Um, yeah. Next time I eat a Mars bar, I'm not going to shove it all in one go, <laughs> melted. I'm going to take little tiny bites and savour each one, each four bites. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you who I do savour. Ah, oh, Claire from Clapham. Oh, she's a stalwart. Like Glyn, she's an OG, don't you know? Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Well, it really was the week of the unedifying argument in the Arctic, wasn't it? Um, I was really disappointed at how uh, Mia and Chelsea went at each other. And I'm disappointed with Will for not, I don't know, intervening a bit better, really. She just sort of sat there and let them tear strips off each other, which I think was very inappropriate. And... Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't necessarily buy. I, don't know, I buy the animosity between the two of them because they are quite different people and they feel their identity very strongly at that age. But I don't know that that means they have to be so appalling to each other, especially when they've got to live in the same village. And I thought Mia would have been a bit more community-minded. Anyway, um, and then uh, we saw uh, Brian totally lose his shit. <laughs> I mean. That's a man with his back against the wall, I feel. Um, you know, so I don't, I, again, I don't think anyone behaved particularly well in that scenario. Actually, apart from Alice, ironically enough, good for her. Um, but, um, yes, maybe she will think again before she brings her dad along to anything in the future. Because I do feel for Chris. Um, and, you know, I just think it says a lot about Brian that he just assumes that Chris is fiddling the books. Uh, when there's absolutely no proof that he is at all. But, of course, it's what Brian would have done, isn't it? Um, because, you know, I can just imagine that. And, um, yes, he wants to save the farm, but he's going about it in a really cack-handed way. I wish someone would just tell him to butt out. Um, maybe Alice will get up the nerve to do that. 
Uh, and what's this about Chris thinking that Adam and Ian treat him well and everyone else doesn't? I don't know. I don't remember seeing that in the in the past, but I may have may have missed that one. Anyway, keep up the good work, and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tatty bye, tatty bye. You first. Claire started off with about Will, talking about Will and the, the argument between Mia and... Chelsea mm. and will not interview and I have to I have to say I agree but I was thinking well maybe he's just a bit intimidated by these two te- teenagers um and it's not his you know it, he's out of his comfort zone isn't he he's in lower Loxley um mm. so I think he was a bit preoccupied with with what he was going to order <laughs> yeah I, it didn't seem to me like he was actually he wasn't fully hearing what was going on and I don't think he felt he could say, he could say anything really. Um, uh, c- yeah. C- can can I have a a little stab at this? Yeah, go on. I think that was a delicious interaction between the pair of them, but actually, technically, it wasn't the best plotted because Will completely would have jumped in. It went on for quite some time, but we had to hear it to develop this, you know, the whole frenemy notion that. Will would have stepped in. He would have said, come on now. And Chelsea would have deferred to Will because he's an adult. If he just mm. says, you know, come on now, like, let, let's like stop. Chelsea would have stopped. Mia would have stopped. But we wouldn't have got this great scene. Yeah. Just saying. I think he, it, it, it got to the point where he was set, starting to say something, wasn't he? When yeah. Freddie's, Freddie appeared. Yeah. No, it was brilliant. And you, this whole bet with Lily and Freddie... You know, so I had, you know, it was Chris it's versus the, about, the, yeah. the the Aldridges and yes, you know, yes. like Chris. And then it's, um, you know, uh, Mia versus Chelsea, etc. And then, of course, it's Freddie versus Lily. As a, no, but I was, sh- I was probably shouting mm. at the radio most during the Lily-Freddie stuff. Because I was like, really? Lily? Yes, I was like, Lily, can you just give him a break? She was just on him. Everything. She was on him. She, she was on came him. came back every time. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And, and I was like, ah, oh, yes, that is what sisters are like. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Um, yeah. 
just and, would not give him a, a rest. Would not give it a rest. She, yeah. she wouldn't. And the thing is, Freddie is trying. He is trying yeah, to learn yeah. as well, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he the is. way that he spoke to Chelsea after that was masterful. Yeah, I mean, I've got a real soft spot for Freddie because he's my mate from Lower Lock- from uh, Grey Gables. So I have my allegiances mm. because they're Tracy's mates. <laughs> so um, I will always take his side. I think he is, um, yeah, I think he is, he's really trying and he's really, he's developing, yeah. Susie, you're going to have to remind me when Freddie starts working at Grey Gables... Yes. Did you give him a hard time? Well, not you. No. Did Tracy gave him a hard time. No. No, okay. Tracy was really good. She really was supportive. Yeah. She was like, come on, we're gonna, I'm going to show you the ropes. And he was really nervous, I think. And she was like, oh, no, you'll be fine. Come on. It's easy when you know how. Because she'd been taken under Linda's wing, so she mm. kind of knew what she was doing. No, they, got, they always got on really well. I miss him. <laughs> I miss them all. <laughs> this is traumatic. Well, and you, you weren't in it at all this week, were you? Oh, that is the biggest travesty of all, isn't it, really? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't. But I was mentioned. Um, you don't get bored of characters. Well, I don't. I'm sure I'm sure there are people will differ. So I, I caught up three weeks to get up to speed for last week's recording. Yeah. I'm missing some proper brookers. I don't just mean um, a, a tiny little bit of Ruth and David. Yeah. And I'm missing the bull. Yeah, we haven't been in the bull for a little bit. You see, because time means nothing to me, I can't remember. I mean, it was probably Valentine's was the last storyline mm. where we were in the bull. We've heard from um, we've heard from Jolene a bit, but not Kent. It was Jolene and there was Jolene and Kathy kind of storyline. I did um, hear nice. that because they made reference to the fact that um, the reason why they don't like each other because Jolene's nabbed her man twice. Yes, yes. Or, a, you know, her a seconds, whatever, which was something which is never said in real time when Kathy was properly in it. You know, there's a little mm. bit of frostiness when when Kathy came into the ball, but it was never explicitly said. So I, I really did like that. I really yeah, that. yeah. I think it was nice kind of... Mm. Yeah, tying it up and making it okay. Yeah. Although apparently, well, Kathy was like, oh, no, I didn't see it like that at all. Isn't that awful when you think years have gone by with Jolene kind of avoiding Kathy and feeling awful, but actually yeah. it was all water under the bridge. So that's why I've got to talk. I've got to talk, talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> got, mindfulness, talking, you know. You aren't are a great co-host because you, you give me these prompts and you said, because we all should talk. And then I go, the best and the easiest way for you to record a message talking to Dum Dee Dum uh, or leaving us a prop edition is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash Dum Dum. Or you can go to dumdydum.com and uh, hit the little red tab, which says Speakpipe, which is over on the left or the right, but it's on the home page. Now, don't forget, uh, there is a T in the middle. It's dumb, T-dumb. And, uh, and also, uh, you'll find a link in the show notes. And we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes. And bear in mind, you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, um, all the ways you can help this little ragtag 
bobtail of a podcast. Uh, you can uh, write us a review if you haven't done so already. Because um, and you know what, you don't have to give us a five star review. And we've got a corking review coming up later that gave us uh, one star. Ein point. I think German is the second language of this podcast today. So we got not fünf star, but ein point. And, uh, but like the great thing is if you go onto Apple iTunes and uh, write us a review, um, it means that more people get to see the podcast because we go up those podcast charts. Now, if you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button. So those are two of the three ways which you can help our little podcast. Now, finally, the third way uh, you could consider coming a Patreon. Now, a Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you go like big, if you want to, you know, like you've just won the Euro millions, right, you will get a T-shirt or a mug sent to you resplendent with uh, the legend dum de dum on it. So if you want to go big, go do that. Basically, it's a way that you can give us a little bit of financial support because um, I don't know about you, uh, Susie, uh, but um, your rider um, is pretty extensive. Mine's pretty big. But no, but seriously, though. A lot of M&Ms. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But jokes aside, good people, um, producing this podcast does cost uh, a little bit of money too. It just helps us to keep the lights on in Dum Dum Towers. So go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N n.com and um if you've got a little bit of spare shekel you can throw it our way uh so those are all the call winners that's a little bit of a plug uh, for a little bit of help but um we did ask you last week could you send in some uh emails and not one but two of you did that Susie rids why don't you mm. hit us with the first electronic mail Well, this is from Amelia Jane, and the subject was writing as instructed, which is very nice. She's obviously very well behaved, Amelia. Um, And it says, hi, Royfield and Susie. Hi, Amelia. Um, She says, I'm writing as demanded. I always do what I'm told. (laughs) Susie, I love Tracy. Thank you. But Chelsea really wound me up this week. Mm, Okay. She started in on (laughs) poor Mia. (laughs) And was actually quite horrible to her. We'll discuss this at the end of the email. Um, Mia was just defending herself. Also, I cannot understand why Freddie let Chelsea patronise him like that with her management tips, though I suppose he redeemed himself later. Frankly, I was embarrassed for him at the time. And other points from Amelia. Number one, Ardil is clearly using and manipulating poor Roy, who he has who he has over a barrel. He doesn't care if Roy loses all his friends over having his picture on the website. I'm back to thinking Ardil is slimy and disingenuous. Ooh. Number two, on Thursday, Jacob said he hadn't heard from Kate since Tuesday. If you're in a long-term relationship with someone and you go on a trip, you at least text them goodnight before bed, if not ringing and texting several times during the day. I can imagine Jacob... That's pure facts. <laughs> I remember I can... going out with, with your with your Miss, Mr. Rids, right? And I know he's not a Mr. Rids, but I'm just for the sake of this, he's Mr. Rids. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, we were out having a drink and he was like, no, I need to uh, text Susie. Yeah, well, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> do the same um so, so Amelia carries on I wow. can imagine <laughs> I can imagine Jacob not necessarily minding about that kind of thing but I can't imagine emotionally needy Kate not requiring daily contact number three Mia came downstairs for snack facts, facts. okay facts that was a great point that was a great point it was good Kate is very emotionally needy she would want contact she would well, well done 
Yes, but actually, maybe he's just left his phone in a drawer. <laughs> it's probably been pinging. Or it's stuck up a cow's bottom or something. I don't know. It's... <laughs> um, Mia came downstairs for a snack and then made a sandwich. That's clearly lunch and it hurt my pedantry. I, I'm with you there, Amelia. Royfield, it's great to have you back. Thank you for carrying on the legacy. Smiley face. What a great email. That was. Really good. Yeah, that really was good. really, really good. Can we just talk about Mia and Chelsea one more time? Yes, please. Because I was saving this till, we, till I'd read this email from because I didn't want to kind of, <laughs> kind of go in um, too early with my feelings. But obviously, I play Tracy, who's Chelsea's mum. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I hear when I heard Mia, I've been a bit snidey, and I have to say, I think Mia was pretty harsh, especially as it was Chelsea's place of work and trying to get her into trying to get her fired, really, which I thought was really going a bit too far i was like excuse me also she said something like oh, what was it something about the horror bins oh like the horror bins like, surprised you, you've got a job or you know surprised you even went to school and i was like oh and lo- looked at my <laughs> looked at my ipad and it was playing on bbc's house in disgust i was like i oh, yeah. that's it that's it i am uh my my attitude to me has completely changed <laughs> I'm, because she's my daughter and I'm going to stick up for her. So I am, um, I'm, I, I'm definitely on Chelsea's side for the whole thing. <laughs> Here's the family. Thing, Here's yeah. the thing. Cause Mia has a big heart. She's all about um, social empathy. You know, she, she, you know, she's on the right side of all of those kind of social um, justice arguments. She absolutely is. Well, she's, she's a, a teenager. Isn't she? Well, well, that, well, so what I was going to say is, let's say if, because of that interaction, the way that Chelsea reacted, actually Chelsea did get the sack, yeah. Mia would have been devastated. I think I Mia would have been... I don't think. Do you really so. think? I, I think she'd think have so. been gone for her job. I don't know. Uh, what it was, the, it was the thing about the... It was her saying something about the horror bins that really, I thought, oh, oh, that right. is really low, isn't it? You, you felt yeah. that one. I re- yeah, I really did. <laughs> I was like, Mia, you're a Grundy. Come on! We're going to stick, just stick together on this. You know yeah. What, Susie, I've only just realised, considering you came into the Archers uh, well, in, in the 90s, playing an Aldridge, and now you're playing a Horrible, <laughs> you've fallen down the social pecking. Oh, I, I always say that. I, you know, came back 17 years later, way down the social pecking <laughs> order. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think it's more fun being a Horrible. Okay. I, 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 I hear that. I think Kate's pretty fun. Yeah, she is fun. She yeah, is fun. Kate, but, you, fun. But you can't imagine, you know, Kate, Kate, Kate is Perdita. And yeah, uh, yeah she's amazing. So that's uh, how I, she's not me anymore, that's for sure. Not how. Uh, second electronic missive. Oh, this one, it says Royfield. I wondered if I was the only person in the East Bay listening to the Archer's Omnibus. Turns out I'm not. Fascinated to discover another person of West Indian extraction with an interest in mid-Atlantic politics and Ambridge. (laughs) I'm originally from Guyana, grew up in NJ, lived in London for a decade where I fell in love with Ambridge and radio dramas, amongst other things. Would love to connect if you're in East Bay at the moment or whenever you return. Best, Lisa. 
Thank you for that, Lisa. And we actually did two meetups in San Francisco, one in 2015, and there was about 12 of us, and we, we met in the mission oh, in wow. San Francisco. Then we did another one, and then we're in central San Francisco, and I think there's about 10 of us then, but you weren't there. So, mm. um, and, and neither am I at the moment, in that I'm not in the East Bay. I actually flew into London this weekend. However, I will be back um, in the Bay Area end of August or the start of September, one or the other. I haven't, haven't got booked my ticket yet. First thing I'll do when I land and I've dropped my bags down is organise a meetup. How's that? We'll have a lovely meetup um, and uh, it'd be lovely to see you. And if we can't get um, a little quorum of people, I'll be very disappointed. So if you're in the uh, Bay Area, anywhere in Northern California-wise, keep a sizable hole in your social calendar for some point in September because we're going to have a right royal knees up on Lisa's behalf. So thems is two quality, quality emails. Now, Susie's going to tell you how you can send us an electronic missive if you don't want to do the speak pipe. You can do this by visiting the dumtydum.com website and clicking the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Do get your calls and emails in next week by um, 6pm on Sunday. And remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. So that's e email us after the caller us. So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out and li let's listen to our social media roundup. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here, at Katie P Land on Twitter and Instagram. We started the week with a poll from our Witherspoon. Which Grundy, or near Grundy, will Mia confide in? I didn't even get a chance to report back on the results before the majority were proved wrong. Sandra D. Jenkinson pointed out that there was a nice contrast between the affection and understanding between Mia and Will and the unpleasantness of Brian trying to get one over on Chris. And Caroline Pierce pointed out those rare, unheard words in Ambridge. I'm listening. Keith Rawlins was looking forward to hear the interaction between Chelsea and Mia, and then later offered the advice to Mia that she shouldn't annoy the people who handle your food. Wise words. Now to the other hot topic, the Alice and Chris saga. Guy R. Williams pointed out it was a classic case of soap-land interactions. His post got loads of replies and is well worth a gander. Mia Fox wanted to know about Chris's farrier business. And all Emma Louise Woodhouse had to say was, Brian Aldridge. The replies to this post range from the sweary to the lustful, be warned. Lily and Freddie caused a lot of commotion on the page too. Rob Williams's hopes for a more sensible storyline remained dashed. Witherspoon agreed and was enjoying the episode until the last 15 seconds. A million pounds and wondered what they're smoking. Kate Lyle urged Lily to get the agreement in writing. And Sally Hower thinks she dislikes Lily more than any other Ambridge character. While Keith Rawlins shared a photo of Freddie getting his new managerial jacket and his desire for a DJ business mixed up. Grey Gables still boils away as well. Rob Williams posted, hook, line and sinker, well played Ardil. While others commented how much they dislike Ardil. Fran Danny Lewitz wondered if the Snells will smooth off some of Mr. Shah's prickly spines while he's staying at Ambridge View. And Michael Duffy felt sorry for Roy and hopes he wakes up soon. In other news, Jackie Fear shared two plot predictions, Freddie and Chelsea and Stella and Alastair. Just saying. The replies contain many wonderful couple and thruple options. 
And Sarah Forrester replied to one of the threads this week, pointing out that every storyline was a pointless argument and it felt that it had been brain-numbingly boring. As usual, welcome to the newbies. Make yourselves known, settle in with a cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta-ra! Oh, thank you for that lovely roundup, that. Let's do reviews, Susie, because here's the thing. We need a few more reviews. I thought for the next few weeks, let's read out a few reviews. Uh, Thank everybody. It's worth thanking everybody for going to the time, going on to Apple iTunes and writing a review. And uh, then that way uh, it might spur a few others to write us a review. Now, uh, so the first one is from Trollope Wit. And they say this is for the Archers Geek. This podcast is a godsend for anyone who wants to delve into everything about the quirky soap opera that comes from Radio 4 on the BBC. The charming hosts have a lovely website, dumdydum.com. I'm going to update it tomorrow. Uh, the programme covers social media activity during the week and there's insightful about plot lines, character development and the quality of the writing. And that's from Trollope Wit in the USSA. So this is a five-star review from Sally Dumpty Dum, who says, It's so good to have Royfield back. Really enjoyed hearing him team up with Susie Riddell, who plays one of my favourite Archer's characters, Tracy. I like Sally Dumpty Dum. Um, look forward to hearing future episodes of Dumpty Dum. Definitely the perfect accompaniment to the Archers. Now, we, uh, you know what? It's a review, so I'm going to read this review. Time to unsubscribe. Shame, P&Q are no longer hosting. Couldn't agree with you more on that point. Um, after listening today to the original host, who is unfort- who has unfortunately returned, has made me cringe. He's very condescending and lacks any sense of humour. And that's from Anon100728. You know what, Anon? Really sorry. <laughs> well, I was on that episode too. And I mean... <laughs> I've not been mentioned there. But. I think that's probably a good thing, though, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll remember that bad review forever. Well, Can you write some nice thing. ones, please, people? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Be fair. Be fair. Be accurate. If you want to big us up, uh, that that's awesome. Uh, but as I said, I just thought for the next two or three weeks, um, why don't I read out the reviews that come in? And I thought, well, you know, that's a review. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to read it out. So that there we review. go. Now, uh, what we do have is new Facebook members. Uh, so this week, uh, we need to big up and thank Hugh Burns, Christine Liddell, Karen Doyle, uh, Louise Schaefer, and Ella Alexandria, who have joined our goings-on on the Book of Face. Now, uh, before we uh, kind of wrap things up, uh, uh, old listeners will know that this show was fundamentally birthed out of Twitter. So it's only right and proper that we have a Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Susie and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Here is this week's Tweet of the Week, brought to you by Purple Pumpkin, at PurplePumpkin63 on the Twitters. In bronze position, it's Madding Crowd, at Further From on Twitter, who gave us a number of great tweets this week, but here is my bronze award. Be still, my beating heart. Is this going to be the downfall of spiritual home? The Albion Kitchen gets its revenge. 
and it's a dish served very cold indeed. In silver, from someone else who had a number of shortlisted tweets this week, our very own Stephen Bowden, at Wenlock House on Twitter. Replying to a thread about Freddy and which of his parents he's most like. Harger to brains and archer charm, perfect. And in gold, it's Ian, at Ruth Ian, who has Freddy saying, Put the baguette down, Chelsea, and step away from the counter. That's it for this week. See you all again at the next Tweet Along. Thank you for that <laughs> purple pumpkin and, and well done uh, for that. Uh, the owner of the Tweet of the Week, and you will be immortalised on the Twitters as the person with a gold gong at some point this week. Now, as I said, uh, this show kind of came out of Twitter. So uh, where can people find us on Twitter, Susie? So you can find Dumpty Dum under at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. And it says our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and a capital A. So the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. And also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum on the Twitters. Uh, Susie, where can people find you on said social media platform? I'm on the Twitters um, under at Susie Rids. And, and as well as the Twitters, we're also on Instagram we can find us where we're at dumpty dum so do follow us there and you can actually see some of the team actually recording uh their segments for the podcast oh, so brilliant. Susie, can you do me a favor well not me but dumpty dum right mm. can you take uh, not right now because it's late um a little pick in the next day or so of you by your setup yes Cool. Yes. And you ping that over to me and I'll make sure that our social media supremo who looks after Instagram can, can can put that up. So that's almost it, but not quite, because I know for a fact, you know, I do a few podcasts, but then so does Miss Susie Riddell. So Susie Riddell, tell us about your podcast offering, because I'm sure the mast ranks of the Dumbly Dumbers would love to have a listen. Uh, my podcast is called Limited Time Only, and we had one season last year um, in the summer which was seven episodes um, and we've got season two coming out starting on June the 9th and it's myself and my very good friend Esther Stanford and um, we call it we describe it as a pick me up in podcast form because um, we've got chat the chat between Esther and myself we've got comedy sketches and we've got interviews with interesting people um, a different person every week discussing around the kind of topic that we've picked for that week so it's a lot of fun it's 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 live largely funny and light-hearted but we do talk about some serious stuff as well um and i just i love making it and it's been brilliant making the sketches and meeting the said interesting people um i'm not going to give any any names away yet but we've got some lovely guests coming up so it starts on june the 9th on all podcast platforms and if you're on the twitters do follow us on pod at limited time pod and we're on instagram as well so find us on there and Facebook as well, limited time only. It would be great to get some more Archers listeners um, listening to the podcast as well. Thank you for letting me do that, that Roy Phil. No worries, no worries. We <laughs> like a blatant plug on here, especially <laughs> when it comes from a pal. So Aww. so there you go. That's the end of a second Dumpty Dum. Uh, if you want to give us a one-star review, or we told you how to do that. And we, we don't even mind re- reading them out. If you think it's been awful, aim all of your bile at me. Right. <laughs> 
thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, to Shambridge for her voices, always brilliant, and to our podcasting parent, Lucy V. Freeman. And also I'd like to big up our Philippa and our Quentin who did such a sterling job for the last, what, nine, ten months in the good ship dum-de-dum. There you go. Take everyone. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra. We'll see you all next week. Fatty bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.